It's the toughest, most important job in the world. Four kids. If you want to know what it's like to have a fourth, just imagine you're drowning. And then someone hands you a baby. This is The Mom Show. It's where moms come to learn and share. Our host is Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome on in to The Mom Show today. Thank you for joining us. It feels like winter this weekend. We're going we're gonna to get through this, you guys. It's, we've been very lucky with fall weather this year, so I guess it's time for us to have a little bit of a cold snap. I uh, want to talk today about a concept that uh, my friend Molly brought to me. She calls it pandemic whiplash. And we're going to talk about this in terms of how moms can help their kids through this term pandemic whiplash. Uh, joining me now, Molly Pettengill. She's the creator of a workshop called the Dear Daughter Workshop, which is for moms and daughters. And it's like a relationship uh, workshop. Molly, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me again. It's, and, it's always a pleasure. Yes. And thank you for bringing this topic to my attention as you've kind of coined this term pandemic whiplash. What, is it, <laughs> what does it mean? Yeah, so I don't know if you've ever had whiplash or experienced it, but it has a lot of similarities. I feel like um, going through this pandemic has a lot of similarities then to whiplash. And like with whiplash injuries, you often have delayed symptoms. I got in a car accident, got whiplash, and it wasn't until three days later that I woke up and I couldn't move my neck. And it was like so alarming and scary. I thought I had, you know, like gotten over the trauma of the accident, but then I had this delayed symptom and was kind of traumatizing the second time, you know? And so I feel like that happens a lot with COVID. <laughs> There's like these delayed drama or s- symptoms that happen later that we wake up to and we're, we're experiencing emotionally, mentally, physically. And yeah, it just has that. And there's also like with whiplash, there's a wide possible range of damage that can happen. Like sometimes it's just you have your muscle, muscles tense up and it takes several hours to for them to relax. Sometimes it can be life altering damage. And and I feel like it's the same with COVID. For some, they are just, you know, they get sick, there's not much, or some don't even get sick, but they don't have many things happen to them. But then there's some that never get sick, but they lose their job or their whole business, or there's just these wide range of whiplash, pandemic whiplash that you can get. Yes. Yeah, so you're not even talking the physical symptoms of getting sick or is that what you're talking about? Are you talking about sort of like this emotional whiplash that we've all, that we're all kind of collectively experiencing? Yeah. I think it actually could apply both ways if you did get physically COVID sick or, but mostly for me, it's like a, yeah, a mental, emotional whiplash type thing where I think I've processed what's happening. And then a few days later, when my kid cries because they can't go to an activity they usually go to, it's a whole new like, oh yeah, this is more mentally exhausting, emotionally exhausting than I thought it was. So it's a combination, but there's definitely some that I haven't had to experience anything physically. I mean, some do because I, I had a friend who very active and went to the gym every day. And that really did take a toll on her physically, not being able to go to the gym every day. So there can be some physical, but for me, mostly it's mental and emotional. And there are some financial even 
Well, everyone's been impacted by the pandemic in a different way, I think is what you're saying, whether they've physically gotten sick from it or they've lost their job or they're just, I mean, this is pretty much where I've landed is just the stress of it. Uh, There was a while there where taking care of my two kids just felt so all consuming one because I couldn't get out of my own anxiety with, you know, fearing the virus and Two, just never having a respite, never having a break, never having, um, you know, the only alone time my husband and I get is at nine o'clock when the kids finally (laughs) get in bed and then you're so tired. You're just like, I get maybe an hour to do nothing and then I'm going to fall asleep and do it all again tomorrow. So just, it's just, it, it starts to build on you. And I think what you're saying is like. You know, it's not so much that the day-to-day is hard, but the collective just, like, experience starts to get just really stressful and really overwhelming. Yeah, and there's a wide range. Like, some people feel it more in other areas than others do. Like, it's just this, we're all going through the same trauma, but there's going to be different experiences. Yeah, definitely. It's been it's been challenging. And I think some that's what's a little bit also hard is everyone wants to then address it in a different way because like you are feeling almost trapped I would say like I felt the same way of like you can't get out it, there was a really good New York Times article about how women have been the shock shock absorbers so if we're talking about whiplash like women took the brunt of what happened you know because a lot of women stayed home you know all those things but everyone wants to fix it in a different way because we all see it differently because we're all feeling different pain points and that's kind of tricky because I can't fix you know what you're going through and you can't fix what I'm going through yeah well part of my solution would be send the kids to school but that's not really possible right now nor am I saying that's what I want for everyone right so it's it's one of those things where yeah you want to change your circumstances but everyone's kind of like you said pain points are different yeah and there's a lot of we're all just kind of trying to guess and and almost like self-heal our own trauma and stuff and it's it's kind of tricky and, and that's a lot of that's like almost a double whiplash a later whiplash of like I don't even know if I'm doing this right yeah <laughs> you know? and just living in the uncertainty too I found is is really taxing and when you live in that kind of like heightened state of anxiety and heightened state of worry and stress for that long I think this is kind of what we're collectively experiencing in Utah. We're, we're tired, we're fatigued, and we may be letting our guard down with mask wearing and gathering and stuff like that because we're burnt out and you just can't, you can't live at that sustained pace of stress for this long and not just collapse, frankly, for yeah. lack of a better word. Yeah. And I do think that's part of the trick is like, we want to be mad when we see some people not doing some things like oh I'm I'm trying to but we have to realize well they might be feeling more like you know they might be experiencing really difficult times in their home with like domestic violence and their only way to escape is going out with their friends you just you know everyone has this different range and it can be really frustrating and so ambiguous and I think that's one of the hardest things yeah when you don't have lines or boundaries that are for everyone everyone you know you feel cheated sometimes and that's hard 
Yeah, and I think that's a really important thing to remember. We're talking with Molly Pettengill. She's the creator of a workshop called the Dear Daughter Workshop. Um, and uh, Molly, what you're kind of saying is as people make decisions in this pandemic, you kind of have to remember that everyone has different pain points. So gathering for some people is how they're coping while other people are like, let's not do that. But not judging people for what they're doing um, is is probably pretty important with that. Yeah, it's it's a tricky situation, and and the, there's a reason we compare it to whiplash. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, like, so Molly, tell like, us about your workshop that you have coming up. So one of the important things that I I like, so as we talk about this whiplash, I design my workshops based off of things that I want to make sure I I try to get that they're like all scientifically backed. The activities I do are scientifically backed to help increased relationship health or personal like health mental health all these different things and so I I try to integrate all these things so as I've been like thinking about this idea of whiplash and the pandemic giving us all these like emotional roller coasters one of the things that um I'm really glad I have an expert her name's Becky Hennessy she'll be teaching the younger girls about emotional cycles and emotional um, like how to manage your emotions. And I really like how she teaches it. I think it's important and we can apply it with this whiplash in the pandemic because we need to pay attention to our emotions, our bodies. So emotions are just like involuntary neurological responses in our bodies. They have a beginning, middle and end. Like you can't, we, I don't know about you, but I've been trained to think that emotions are bad. Like, well, not all emotions, but you know, negative emotions. The bad ones being are bad. Sad, angry. Yeah. Those are totally bad. Yeah, you grew up being told, "Stop crying, stop being angry." Don't anyway. Like that's how we're trained. But if we have it, I think more studies and and um, research have been done to show that emotions are involuntary. Like it's a physically and neurological. There's a system in your body that has a reaction. Like you can't stop that, and it's it's normal and all the all the ranges of emotions are normal now what you do with those emotions and how you cycle through them is what matters yeah so important molly pettengill the dear daughter workshop coming up on november 14th um molly where can people find the information for it yeah you can head to um, my website's daisymayandme.com and if you click on the events tab it's right under there there's a dear daughter or you can even search on the dear daughter on eventbrite um, Dear Daughter Workshop is what you want to search. And there's all the information there. Um, we'll be very limited and in-person because we want to keep, there will be social distancing and mask wearing and just a small number of people in person. But because of that, we're also making it virtual. So there's a couple of virtual options so that you can attend all the classes and get the education and all that. Okay, perfect. And when we come back, Molly, I want to dive into a little bit about how we fix this pandemic work uh, whiplash that we've been talking about. So we'll take a break more on The Mom Show when we come back. You've joined The Mom Show. Being a mom can be tough sometimes. We try to make it easier. Here's Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio. 
Welcome back into The Mom Show. Thank you for joining us. I am Lindsay Ertz, joined today by my guest, Molly Pettengill. She's the host of a uh, workshop for daughter uh, mothers and daughters. It's called the Dear Daughter Workshop. And Molly, we've been talking about this concept you coined called pandemic whiplash. I think we all have this, <laughs> where you say uh, with whiplash, you don't always experience it right away, but then later on, kind of the symptoms like build up, well, your neck gets stiff all of a sudden, or you're... You can't move, um, and you've been sorting related. You've been relaying that. You've been relating that to our pandemic experience, where uh, we're sort of like coping fine, but then all of a sudden we realize, oh my gosh, this is really stressful. So I love this concept and kind of putting it in this analogy. Um, but Molly, what do you what do you do to help people or help yourself or help your children as they're trying to cope uh, through the pandemic? Yeah, um, I think one of the key things for me has been understanding emotions and accepting those emotions as normal. Um, A really powerful thing that I've learned lately is about the emotion cycle. Um, We're not always taught this, but it's actually like emotions are involuntary responses in our bodies. Like there's a whole system that reacts to, to situations that we have. And it goes in our body and like there's science that they can like measure this electronic like electromagnetic or frequencies anyway but it goes through our body and we sometimes don't acknowledge that but there's a beginning middle and end to all of our emotions and i think what happens a lot of times at least i try to stop a lot of negative emotions and what happens is that traps it in our body (laughs) and our body then creates all these different things like that's why stress is linked to heart disease or digestive problems because those are trapped emotions and instead of letting them cycle through we um try to stop them and that goes along with like a lot of shame with um with emotions and especially negative ones and i think that's a cultural thing we need to shift to say that everyone has feelings and those are all valid and all normal and we need to not label them negative or positive they're just what happens in our body yeah I I think we as adults have a hard time even feeling our own emotions I know I like to avoid emotion at all costs (laughs) which is not really healthy and I've heard it I've heard this concept kind of explained like a beach ball like if you're holding a beach ball under the water it builds up all this pressure and you let it go and it flies up in the air right But if you just let the beach ball rest on the surface of the water, then it just floats, right? And it's kind of the same thing with emotion. If you suppress it, if you hold it in, if you don't talk about it, if you just let it cycle through, like you're saying, if you feel it, if you actually feel your emotions, they tend to go away. They tend to resolve themselves. They tend to end. Yes, absolutely. I think it's so empowering to think of that. I don't know. I was never taught that. So like for me, it's been helpful. I'm not great at this. I still sometimes yell at my daughter to stop crying, but it sometimes helps me to see like, oh, she's crying because of something like say she wants to bring her stuff down and mold the grocery store and I won't let her like it's helpful for me to say okay this is an emotion she's going I need to help her cycle through that how can it like makes me be more creative how can I help her cycle through this maybe I can offer she wants physical touch hey I'll hold your hand through the grocery store like helping them work through it is so much more empowering if we know okay this is just something I need to go through it's so much more empowering to me as a person, like for me too. And there are circumstances in when it might not be appropriate to circle through. I'll talk about 
a little bit later, like in my workshop, I, I integrate all the different ways that you can um, cycle through emotions in healthy ways. And um, one of the ways, sometimes they're not always appropriate at the time. Like say someone is saying like, I don't know, you get in a fight with a coworker or they say something really that makes you angry. It might not be appropriate to cycle through that anger at work and you might have to suppress it till you get home. But like, then when you get home, you can re-go through that cycle and let it finish out rather than hold it on forever and ever. And then it just manifests in unhealthy ways in your body because again, it's going to try to resolve itself and that might be unhealthy in your own body if you don't do it. Yeah, and you sort of answered this question, but I was going to ask you, how do you teach your children this concept when, like I said, adults have a hard enough time feeling emotion and we don't really teach this to kids? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm just learning the research on it and I'm just learning the different ways, but it's been empowering to me to just, for my kids, there's different, um, I have several different ways that they suggest. So I will just go through in my mind some of the ways like, oh, I can see you're feeling angry. That's totally okay. Let's figure out how to help you work through that anger in a way that's appropriate because there are inappropriate ways, inappropriate ways to work through anger, obviously. And so I help them establish that boundary. Like when they do, hey, that's not an appropriate way to go through your anger. Let's figure out a different way. Maybe you can go in your room and take some big breaths or, you know, those are some of the things that I do. Again, this is easier said than dead, especially if it's been ingrained in you to not have any emotions. Yeah. And I think my favorite line as a mom is you can be mad, but you can't hit like yeah. you, you can be mad. So it's validating that like, so oh, the extra just... step is just letting them know let's, you can be mad. And I don't know, no, you like, you know, the extra step is to showing them what they can do then after that, like you can't right. hit, but you can take a deep breath mm. or you can, um, come give mom a hug. You know, there's different ways. I, I, I definitely want to share all the different, um, ways that efficient ways to finish the emotional cycle at the end. So yeah, for sure. we're talking with Molly Pattengill. She's the host of a workshop called the dear daughter workshop, which is coming up November 14th. Um, you can find all the information for it by searching dear daughter workshop. Uh, Molly, we'll take a break. I want to dive a little bit more into this and how we help our kids through this when we come back on the mom show. It's the toughest, most important job in the world. Four kids. If you want to know what it's like to have a fourth, just imagine you're drowning. And then someone hands you a baby. This is The Mom Show. It's where moms come to learn and share. Our host is Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back into The Mom Show. Thank you for joining us today. I am Lindsay Ertz. We're talking about this concept called pandemic whiplash. <laughs> we probably all have this. Uh, and it was this concept was brought to me by my friend Molly Pettengill, who hosts a workshop called the Dear Daughter Workshop. And um, Molly, what you are teaching here is essentially that we're all kind of going through this collective traumatic experience with the pandemic. And often whiplash doesn't appear right away. But then later on, you start to notice the ramifications of it. And this is happening to a lot of us, whether you've physically been sick or whether you're just dealing with the stress or the 
anxiety or the mental and emotional toll that the pandemic is taking on everyone collectively. Um, and so you've been helping us kind of come up with solutions for how we, we cope during this time. We don't see, I don't see an end in the near, near future and I don't see it ending one day. I see it ending as a slow sort of like a rollout, whether it's the vaccine or whether it's more rapid testing or whether it's a combination of all those things. It's going to take some time. Um, we're not going to get everyone in the country vaccinated on one day. That's just not how it's going to work. So sorry if that doesn't give you much hope. But um, in the meantime, we're going to need some coping strategies through through this stressful time. And so you've talked to us about uh, our emotions and actually feeling them. We talk a lot about emotions on the mom show and how to help our kids with emotions as well. Uh, what is your advice to people um, who might be really stressed right now? Yeah, I think that's what's kind of great about this um, teaching this way of emotion cycling and stuff like that, because I mean, our bodies are naturally um, they're designed to deal with stress. There's a certain amount of stress, but then with the pandemic, we've added to it. And so that can be challenging. And so with this emotion cycle, we can we can then add, integrate things that will, like we, we're gonna have to bring more resources in right now than we normally do. We have to do more healthy um, emotional cycle things that than normal. And once we can recognize that, so we just need to recognize, hey, I'm a little bit more mentally, spent or physically spent. I need to integrate more things or, um, and just normalizing that whole thing can help. And then there are some, are some beneficial ways that you might not have been doing, even if you, you know, do, do a lot of healthy things. There's still, I'm sure other ways that you can ride this pandemic whiplash in a, in a healthier way. And so we're going to talk about some of those, um, efficient ways to kind of work out the stress of the pandemic through through you. Um, obviously, the first one is kind of the most obvious to me. I mean, everyone says it, but like movement, moving your body, physical movement, it's like proven. It's, I think that's one of the first things your doctor will say you need to do if, you know, you're I at know. risk. Of and don't you love that like vicious cycle though, where you're like, you're telling me to work out to feel better, but I never want to work out because I don't feel good. <laughs> like, it's yeah, like this yeah vicious it is really cycle. difficult. I will mention though that like it doesn't even have to be a workout. I think that scares people. We have like kind of created this negative connotation with moving your body to to be it has to be blood, sweat, and tears. When really, honestly, 20 minutes of yoga or walk, anything will do. It's just moving your body. That that helps a lot. So just think to yourself, like it sounds so overwhelming, but just say, okay, I'm just gonna go on a walk today, or you know, do a, some extra stretches, anything to just Well, and what body. I've found with physical activity is you just, you just do something every day. Like you're saying, yeah. that's where I started, where it was just do something every day. And then eventually that something turns into a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And now I get up at 6am and lift weights every day. Like, and I love it, <laughs> which yeah. I never yeah. thought I would say, but it feels really good. Yeah. I think it's so powerful. And, and once you do it, you know, like, it's just, oh yeah, I should have been doing this and it's fascinating. And I will say with this whole emotion like this, 
moving your body helps you finish through motions because like, say you had a really bad day at work. Like I said, maybe like you got in an argument with your coworker, but you couldn't really get that anger out at work. This is the time to come home and say, okay, I'm going to go on a walk and walk that out. And you can like kind of walk that emotion out of your body, like literally. And so I think that's really powerful and that can be hard, but, and so in my workshop, one of the things we do, we do a couple of things, but we do some dancing and we're going to learn dance and stuff. And that's just another way to like promote moving your body. Um, another one is I like a lot, you build connection or have a positive social interaction with someone. And uh, obviously my workshop is built on that entire thing basically, but little small social interactions that are positive can help you work through stress. And I think this is key. You'll see this when your kids come home and you can tell they're a little irritated from school and they want to talk about it. And that's where you want, you want that, you want to be the person that they come and like vent to and get that emotion out. And I think that's a key thing. So that's a little tricky right now, obviously, because sometimes maybe your person was, you know, your best friend that you don't get to hang out with now because of the pandemic, but. Yeah. And I think this is where the pandemic whiplash shows up for me. I don't realize how much I need um, like human interaction until I don't have it for a little while. And then I get it again. And I'm like, Oh, like, yeah. I don't know how to talk to people anymore. I'm very yeah. awkward. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen another human being for seven months. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, this is one of the areas where I have to uh, seek out that human interaction because I'm not going to the office anymore. And I have to I have to seek that out. And I don't really realize how much I need it until I haven't had it for a while and I get it again. Yeah, yeah. I think it's really important. And I think right now with the pandemic, like I said, it's a little extra. So we need to work a little extra at that. So in our own families, obviously, because we're stuck together. And sometimes that can be hard. But if we're working on building connections while we're at home, not just like surviving each other at home, but we're trying to build connection and have those positive moments, then it can really help in the whole situation. Um, third one is breathing. I know a lot of people say this too, but there's so many cool studies that have shown just <sighs> taking a deep breath is like huge. Meditation, breathing, um, it's it, it literally can help your body like work through emotions and get healthier. Yeah. And I actually read an article about this the other day uh, about a technique called the square breathing. And they were literally doctors talking about it in terms of reducing pandemic stress. And it's just this concept of like breathing in for four, breathing or holding your breath for four, breathing out for four, and then inhaling for four. And you kind of make this box figure in your mind, just like a square. Yeah. And I did this just, you know, I'm like, whatever, I'll breathe. Fine. Like, yeah. <laughs> and it's something it. like that sounds stupid. But I it's... know. I'll do it. Fine. And I yeah. can't even tell you how much more calm I felt after I did it for like five or 10 minutes. I just, it was like, it, it just resets your, your systems it just like yeah. make makes them connect again and I know you hear breathing and you hear meditation and you roll your eyes and you're like I don't want to do it and it feels dumb and all the things but it really does help yeah it does one of the things we do at, at the workshop is we have them do like this really special kind of breathing meditation they do together and I that's one of the things that I get the most feedback about like they all say I really love that part it really felt like 
personal with my daughter. I, anyway, it's interesting. Cause I'm like, I'm like you where I'm like, Oh, yada, yada. Like, you know, but I, I know now that it's, it's so beneficial, but at first I'm like, yeah, breathing, whatever. Like, but it's, so it's fascinating that I, every time I get so many people that love that portion and I've actually learned to integrate it. Cause it's not naturally something that I'm like, try to do every day, but I've tried to do it more. And what I've done is kind of habit stacked it with it with prayer. I know that sounds weird, but when I, before I say my prayer, I do some big, deep breath. And that has helped a lot. I like my prayers are better. I just am like in a better, anyway, I suggest habit stacking the breathing with something that you do every day. And I, I, it will increase your health and just mood in general. So. Yeah, it's always a good idea. Molly Pettengill is uh, the creator of a workshop called the Dear Daughter Workshop. And she's walking us through how we kind of work through some of our pandemic stress. Uh, Molly, you've got like one or two more, right? Before we wrap up this segment. Yeah, I have quite a few, but we'll just quickly go through some of them. Um, laughter is one. Obviously, everyone can feel good after laughter. It helps us work through emotions. Physical touch. This is why eight-second hug is such a big deal. Do it eight times a day. It can help a lot. We do that in our workshop a little bit. We do some fun, like, if they're comfortable, some physical touch that really can help you. Crying is one. We like to stop crying, but it's actually your body's physical way of trying to work through an emotion. So we don't always want to stop that. Sometimes it can be for show. We know that kids can cry for show, but sometimes it's just a natural response. Um, another one is creative expression, creating something. We have a make and take activity at our workshop. We do because we, you hear artists all the time talk about how they were working through an emotion while all they whipped out a masterpiece. Um, so that can be that too. Or journaling, expressing your feelings and words helps a lot. That's a big one for me. We have a workbook that we give the attendees that I call it a workbook. I try to call it a journal because that, that sounds less daunting, but it just helps them. It's interactive. So they write to mom, mom writes to them. And then there's prompts that just are for the girls that help them work through their feelings. And for me, it's key because when emotions are high and we get all like start fighting, I have to say, okay, maybe let's take a breather, go write it down. And then my daughter can feel expressed. She can work out her emotions and I'm much better at reading what she says and understanding and being more accepting of that. So journaling for yourself and together kind of that one for our workbook is kind of double-edged because they're building connections and also expressing their feelings um but lastly if all of these things aren't working if you are doing all these things and trying to work through and you're still feeling some pretty severe whiplash you might just need to get professional help we never want to say that don't ever try to push that aside like that's not an option because that definitely is if it's you know you're not it's not working. You're trying all the things and you're still having some pretty serious stress or mental thoughts. And sometimes you're just too tired to do it. Frankly, that's kind of where I got to. I was like, just give me the medication because I just can't. I can't even access. Yeah, I can't even access my coping skills because I'm anxious all the time. Like, so just let me get to a point where I can at least function and then we'll work on thriving after that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah professional help shouldn't be overlooked if it's something that i there's several ways to just check in with yourself like these things aren't working i might need an outside resource yeah so. molly pettengill the host of a dear daughter workshop uh it's coming up november 14th where can people get tickets molly you can get tickets on my website daisymayandme.com that's d-a-i-s-y-m-a-y-a-n-d-m-e and so it's in 
different way of spelling me, but, um, and then there's a event tab that you can go, or you can even search Dear Daughter Workshop on eventbrite.com and find them there. Okay, very good. Uh, we'll take a break more with Molly when we come back on The Mom Show. Back inside The Mom Show. Dads are welcome, but moms come here to be heard. We're with Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio. Welcome back into The Mom Show. Thank you for joining us. We've been talking about this concept today of pandemic whiplash. It's the term my friend Molly Pattengill, who's my guest today, brought to me to say, hey, does this feel like what you're going through? And I'm like, yep, more or less. And I feel like many of us, if not all of us, are experiencing some form of this pandemic whiplash, which, Molly, essentially, you coined this term as, um, you know, when you get whiplash in real life, you, you don't realize it right away. But then later on, you kind of start to experience the tightness and the soreness, and it can be pretty severe at times. Or it can just be, take some ibuprofen and you're good to go. Um, but we're all sort of experiencing in different ways, the stress of this pandemic, whether it's physically being sick or the anxiety or the uncertainty or the worry or the fear, um, and that can take its toll. and living in this heightened state of these emotions, um, can take a toll physically on you. And so, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but you feel like many of us are going through this. Absolutely. And I, I mean, I have to say, I think in particular women are experiencing it a little bit more, but they don't quite know it yet. It's kind of thing. Cause we, like we said, we the women have been the shock absorbers. We've kind of taken the full brunt of the thing. And I think sometimes we don't register that till later. And I think that might actually be the case with children too. I do think children are resilient and they've been handling it really well, but I do think we might end up with some, you know, some uh, symptoms later that come out of them. And so I think it's really particularly important that we might have to, we might have to find some extra resources right now, or we might have to really just, or, or, I mean, or just simplify and just focus on what's most important in your family and, and maybe let our emotions work through all of us, including our family and, and just do all the things that we can to help finish those cycles that are being brought to us via the pandemic. Yeah. And this is where we've helped, you've helped people and you host this dear daughter workshop, uh, which is a relationship workshop for mom and daughters in order to uh, build, build these relationships, right. And help, you know, children have stronger relationships with their moms, the daughters in particular, and build self-confidence and build um, self-esteem and help us process emotions, all things we need right now as we're kind of going through this um, collective experience together. So I would invite anyone to podcast wherever you podcast, just search for the KSL Mom Show and you can listen to uh, Molly's tips for uh, working through some of this, the stress cycles that you may be going through. Uh, we talked about several ways in which you can um, essentially process your emotion. Molly, what else are people going to get if they come to your workshop on November 14th, whether it's online, because you are offering a virtual option yes. and very few people in person. Yeah. So that's, what's great about this year. Um, just to keep it safe, if like we're decreasing the numbers and then, I mean, even if we have to, cause Utah seems to be going down, we'll just do our speakers and broadcast it, um, to everyone if we need, and they'll have access up to that for 48 hours. And there's several classes. It's interesting. I find that during this time, a lot of us resist wanting to get these kind of extra things because we're like, 
I don't know, but it's actually a time when we need more of this. We need to specifically work on our relationship and build that connection at home. And so what we try to do, we set up the classes so that you learn things and you practice things that will you can integrate into home at home and continue to do. So like a couple of things, like I said, my friend Becky Hennessy, she's uh, she's been a therapist for over 20 years. She helps teach this emotion management for kids. And it's so empowering to see them realize that it's okay that I'm feeling this way, but let me figure out a healthy way to express it. And it's, I mean, it's empowering for me, me, but if little girls can figure that out young, they're going to be so set in life and they'll be able to endure the pandemic. Or we also have um, Beauty Redefined. I know oh, you I love have them, them before. Yes. Yeah. They're amazing. And the work that they do in helping women and girls understand that we are way more than bodies. Like we are, like that's the least exciting thing about us is our bodies, truthfully. Like, and they just share this message of empowerment that I really think is important right now because all kids are seeing right now is digital things like Instagram, social media, because that's the only outlet. And guess what? most of that stuff is fake and not real. So we have these expectations that are totally not real and that's gonna add to anxiety. So we bring them in to help give some education on that and help make sure that the girls understand what really matters. And um, so that's important. This year we've added, I've been trying to get some amazing people and I just found four women from Let's Talk Sis, um, Alexis and Shantae, they're awesome sisters who are gonna teach about race and diversity and inclusion. And they've done such a good job on their platform and Instagram lately. And I think that's important. We need to make sure that's normal education to receive yeah, our kids. Like, I want help on all of these topics. So this is like a yeah. one-stop shop where you can get help with all of these. Molly Pettengill, the creator of the Dear Daughter Workshop. Molly, where can people find tickets again? Um, you can head to the website, daisymayandme.com. That's M-A-Y for the May. Um, and then on events, on, there's a tab for events and you can check it out there or you can search us on eventbrite.com and just search Dear Daughter Workshop. Um, you might have to put in Utah, but it should pop up there and you can grab tickets. There's just a few in person left. Um, and then, but there is the virtual version. There's a couple virtual versions because we do offer like some awesome swag bags that have awesome sponsor stuff in it, plus the workbook that they can take home, or there's just the virtual, you'll get all the education from the classes and you can make it a fun day at home even because we want people to stay safe. So if you can, you can just make it. I've got some tips on my Instagram, Dear Daughter Workshop, that of ways that you can make that special for them because I feel like our kids need that extra special right now and just feeling, you know, connected to us. We're all trapped together, but we need to be more connected. Yeah. So can any age daughters come or do you recommend like a certain age? So we recommend eight and above because the workbook requires some written skills that we, you know, I mean, truthfully, all the classes anyone can glean wisdom from. We've had grandmas come with their married daughters that don't have kids yet and they've loved it and still gotten stuff out of it. But for the in-person, for the workbook, type situation they just need to have some written skills so we recommend eight and above yeah well it's still it would still be good if you got the virtual ticket like my five-year-old could really even if she doesn't understand fully the messages maybe she could just 
I guess she's yeah. six now. She's six and our, six. <laughs> our, we're trying to make the virtual version as interactive and fun as possible. So, and we have entertainment. We have an awesome group called Better Together that comes and sings and we dance. We're going to have a social distance dance this time, but it's going to work out. We're going to learn some cool dances from people and it will be amazing fun. So Nice. Good for you. The event's coming up November 14th. Molly Pattengill, thank you for joining me today on The Mom Show. Thanks for having me. And we'll be back next week.